Hell yeah. Welcome to Football and Other F-Words. This is Zebo Zach Lyons, fresh from Cali slash Denver. And I am here... Been scouting our yeah, opponents. Yeah, I went to, from from Denver to Cali, and now I'm out here at Lithuania, out Mount <laughs> Juliet, Tennessee, at the Herndon House to come see Mike. On my, I got in 11 p.m. last night, Mike. Yeah, that's uh, you're a trooper. Yeah, I'm a trooper. I am. I am traveling exhausted. man. It's it was an emotional week too because yeah. of everything going on with the Titans and Marcus. I was in a real oh, dilemma. Did, did something happen? Yeah, something happened. I was in a real dilemma on Sunday. Of you know, I fl- planned my whole trip to Denver then around the idea that okay, here I am. I'm going to go. Um, I'll get there and I'll buy a ticket that day, yeah. right? I mean, I was already going to California. It's on the way. It it wasn't a big deal because I'd have to pay the same if I was going to L.A. straight. So it wasn't. I didn't lose any money. I saved money by not going to that game. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> you saved a lot of heartache too. Yeah, it was it was rough. Um, so lot to get to. Yeah, and there will be a part two of this technic- technically of the theme of the episode yeah. because uh, tomorrow Mr. Lebowski and I will get together uh, tomorrow Friday and record. We'll which we'll either put it out Friday afternoon or probably Saturday morning. Yeah. Oh, where to begin? Positive. Mm-hmm. We're all gonna right, do a positive right. thought. Yes, we're gonna because, start. Po- well, let's yeah. let's make it like a uh, a sandwich, but we're we're gonna like. Start positive. We're going to have a nice, meaty, negative filling, and then we're going to end positive at the end of the pod. I like it so because people aren't turned off by it. It's way like we an open them. face sandwich. It is. Yeah, it because is. it's positive, <laughs> then it gets to negative. But then we're going to slap a little positive. Are we going to go positive, positive, positive on the end? On okay. I'm feeling so positive. positive. Yeah. The positive tweet that I put out around <laughs> the negative stuff we'll be talking about. Really, people really like the positive thought. Yeah. The hashtag positive thought. There's room for positivity. Yeah, there out is there? power of positivity, as the new day say. Um, Jeffrey Simmons is coming back. Big <laughs> has, nothing, has nothing to do with the Broncos game. <laughs> Our power of positivity has nothing to do with the Broncos game. That's right. Big Jeff. Big Jeff. Uh, do you like that nickname? I I kind of like it. I'm not a big fan of Big Jeff. Did, no. Is that something that midday started? Because that's the, f- the first time I heard it was Hutton was, said it today. I don't. I don't think it was a midday thing. I think that's a locker room thing. I think that's just what they call it. Is, big, is big Jeff. Jeff. Big. Do you think they go Big Jeff? Well, that's just Big Jeff Simmons down there. <laughs> He's wrestling alligators. I could probably be talked into Big Jeff. I just think there could have been something better. The Simmons yeah. Express. I, I don't know. That's not. That may, I mean, there may be a. He may work his way into like another like another nickname. Now, what about like Jumbo Jeff? Uh, I, I don't mean, know. Jumbo got Jeff. Got a little bit of alliteration call going him d- on. Double J. Double J. Maybe Jumbo Jeff. Yeah. Uh, Big Jeff. I guess. I guess I can get into it. Jeff is all right. Yeah. I don't know. But he's back. He's right? back. He's limited snap count. Cam uh, he's, Wake. Well, he's practicing. Yeah. We don't know 100% if he's going to play yeah. this week, but I kind of think he is. The way that they're talking, it sounds yeah. like he probably Cam is Wake practiced today. Yeah, that's huge. That's positive. Yeah, that's very positive. See, we're, we got a couple positive. I should have saved the Cam Wake thing for this, the This end. is the Sunshine and Rainbows podcast, yeah. baby. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I will say I'm thrilled at the prospect of seeing even just like five to ten snaps of Landry, Casey, Simmons, Wake on the field together at the same time. I mean, let's let's make sure that 
the snaps that the limited snaps that Simmons and Wake could possibly see are with Casey and Landry on the field. Let's not get fancy and try to put like five linebackers and then just Simmons and no Casey or something like yeah. that. Let, let's let's put the max out there for a couple plays and let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's throw them out there for a few third downs and uh, let them get get loose. The defense played well again. Again, yeah, yeah. I feel I honestly. <laughs> feel so terrible for these guys i mean they are busting their ass they they basically shut down every offense they play they haven't allowed more than 20 points in a single game this year um and they're two and four that sucks that does suck and uh, you know but but uh, you know i know we're trying to be positive yeah. but that does suck. <laughs> but uh yeah the defense is awesome kevin byard is awesome kevin byard now has 15 interceptions in his career which is insane to me i i I just can't, I can't remember a Titans player having a start quite like that. And I guess somebody tweeted out today that the last time someone had this many interceptions this early in his career for this franchise was Mike Reinfeldt. I, I, you know, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I, I've missed this over the, the many years. I don't think I ever knew that he played. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I knew that he played. I did not know what position he yeah, played. I didn't know that he played, and I didn't know that... Uh, you didn't know he was that good. Yeah, yeah, he was a much better player for the Titans than he, he was, was a GF. The OGKB. That's that's insane. So that's yeah. good news. Yeah, he's he's awesome. He's tied for the league lead in interception since he came into the league now with yeah. uh, Marcus Peters, who just got traded. And um, he's also picked off Joe Flacco four times in three games. Wow. Yeah. He's in Joe Flacco in career career times. He's been picked off by opposing players. Only Joe Hayden, who played, uh, I think he played 15 games against Flacco, has more interceptions against Flacco than Bayard now. That's insane. Yeah. They shared Hayden and Flacco shared a division for like 10 years. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's crazy. Uh, The. So we got all that. What else is positive? Um, the 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 offensive line improved, line, right? The pass blocking was better. Saffold did not have any bad moments in this game. That was yeah. nice. He played well. Um, Didn't have any spectacular All Pro moments, yeah, right? He but, wasn't great, but yeah, I mean, still great. But he was compared to what he has been. He was pretty good. I'll say yeah. that. I, I would say if you can get that out of him, you know, for the rest of the season, you'll be happy with it. Um, yeah. So that's a positive. A.J. Brown is too much of a man for even referees uh, to handle. Yeah. His uh, poor Broncos guy comes up trying to chuck him within five yards. And what Brown did is completely legal because if the defensive back puts hands on you, you're allowed to put hands on them. And his he's just too strong. Yeah. He threw that. He threw. I can't even remember which Broncos corner it was. He threw him on his ass like a child and then just ran, ran away from the rest of the defense. It was amazing. Does that mean H.A. Brown's the the real deal in my eyes at multiple levels? He's the truth. I mean, Can, it's not just what he does on the field, but the positive thought tweet that tweeted out of how he handled the situ the in game situation yeah. that we'll talk about later. The the. The situation that shall not be named right now. Can, um, can I go negative just real quick? Oh no. Okay, okay. We're on a roll. I mean, we right. we don't get uh, we'll positive get, very often. We'll get we'll get right <laughs> back. We'll get right back. Barry Barry Tajay Sharp beneath the bench. Oh yeah. I mean, well, I, I think that's a positive. <laughs> put AJ Brown. AJ Brown should not lose another snap for the rest of the season to Tajay Sharp as long as he's healthy. Just keep playing AJ Brown. It, I, Tajay Sharp pissed me off twice in this game. Like really really bad and i i'm just done with him yeah well now that taewon's not on the team I, i'm not gonna stand for uh <laughs> Taj bay anymore he can he could be he could be tossed out in the sun i just wanted That's to right. last longer than taewon <laughs> well he did he did 
So let's get back positive. Uh, jo- Johnny Smith is really good. Yeah, Johnny Smith looks like a totally different player. I mean, he looks like the same player that he was last year, but I feel like he's a better all-around tight end. He's way he's way better as a blocker than he has been previously in his career. He has taken huge strides in that uh, side of the the game. And I mean, there were times they left him one on one with a defensive end and pass pro uh, a couple times in this Broncos game, and he stonewalled this dude. I mean. That's that's um, impressive for a tight end, especially a guy as athletic and with the receiving skills that he has. He's he's turned into a really uh, really nice player, and I it almost sounds like he's turned into Delaney two like we I all kind of thought kinda there there was a there. lot of parallels in their college career Absolutely. to now, and Absolutely. so I mean he's he's still only twenty three years old, yeah. so I mean he's still a very young player, right? And, you know he's a growing guy, so. The uh the Preds are pretty good. Preds are awesome, man. <laughs> I've ran out Titans positives. Ah, <laughs> uh, Matt Duchesne, what yeah. a gym he is. Yeah, and he's a great listener. I was listening to Three HL on Wednesday. He, he does like a weekly spot there. He loves this this like the way he's taken to the city is uh, almost like it's it's like how PK took it, the city by storm, but it it seems different, yeah, right? Yeah, seem it. Because PK was so just like in your face, yeah. out and about, and all that. And Duchesne, I think, just genuinely has love for the city. Well, I mean, like he basically made it known that he loved Nashville, going all the way back to whenever we hosted the All Star Game. Yeah, uh, you know, a while back. That's probably been four years ago now. But uh, we, yeah, it's been known that he is like a big fan of Nashville, and I'm. It's one of those cool stories where he actually got to come here and and play and. Him and Forsberg are making sweet, sweet love together uh, on that line. Well, positive, positive, the Preds, positive. the Preds lead the NHL in scoring right now on that, in which goals, is, yeah, which is like the exact opposite of the Titans, right? So they're like your Titans antidote. So yeah. if you want to watch, who do you think will score more points in their next game? <laughs> well, haven't haven't the Predators <laughs> scored nine points? in their games uh, and we haven't scored seven points and oh god i i and, bet and we've only scored seven like three games or something like that yeah i and wonder i wonder who has more points over the last like two weeks since the pred season i think started. the preds probably the it's preds. definitely the preds. gotta be the preds yeah yeah because they scored six in the one game that i went to yeah the uh so let's Negative time, I guess. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair warning for uh, listeners. At some point, my wife is going to come home and my dog dogs are going to go ape shit. Don't be alarmed. It, yeah. It's not like a, a rabid dog fight going yeah, on we're, over here. We're not Michael Vick. Yeah. <laughs> um, fair warning. I I am not. I'm going to try and be as easy as possible on Marcus because it's a shitty situation. It is a shitty situation, and I I hate and I know that. W- Especially because Mike's on the podcast, and we are labeled Mark Marcus haters because <laughs> Mike definitely hates Marcus, and it makes all of us el- it makes everybody else look bad on this podcast who loves Marcus. We've never said a bad. Word I, about I had the audacity to post like three clips of him missing wide open receivers on Twitter, and now I am the biggest Marcus hater in all of Nashville, yeah. and apparently just uh, have an agenda. I've had it out for him. I'm probably personally responsible. Well, for him I see. I see a lot of witch pelts. <laughs> on your on your wall, so you must be a very successful witch hunter. I'm very good at it, and uh, I'm going to be hanging Marcus up here next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so it's been it's been a it's been a rough week for those that are Marcus supporters. Listen, and, and, and listen, then let me see this: we're Marcus supporters. Yeah. We wanted him to be good, and I out. I wanted him to prove 
the the feeling that I had about him, my observations about him, I I welcomed him to prove me wrong. Yeah. Like I wanted to be proven wrong because that's the best case scenario. I mean, even if you go back and listen to the pods we did last year, it was, I, you know, I'm not sure about Marcus. I want to, I want that to happen, but I'm just not yeah. sure about it. And yeah, I mean, nobody's taking any joy in the fact that, you know, it's turned out this way. No, and and to be fair, I know I've been busy with doing with meetings and stuff so the twitter account hasn't been super active but there was no i told you so or moment that i felt because i didn't feel good about it like it 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 was it was a depressing and sad thing to see yeah i mean let's 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 just call it what it was it's a a dark day for the franchise it's your third straight top 10 quarterback that's going to turn out to be a a bust and yeah or i mean in Marcus may end up going on somewhere and doing great things. Who knows? I, I, I personally doubt, doubt it. it. I personally <laughs> doubt it. But he might. So let's let's not call him a bust right now. But he's going to be end up being a bust for this franchise, right? The um, it it was the right call to probably pull him. I think so too. And I, I think it was it was not an it was not an easy call to make. I'm sure. I'm and sure it, it was not easy. I and I honestly don't think it had anything to do with the interceptions. I know a lot of people were saying, oh. Uh, they were just waiting for him to throw two interceptions, and then they were going to pull him. I, I don't think it had anything to do with the interception. The first interception was definitely not his fault. The second one, maybe he shouldn't have thrown it, but he was under a tremendous amount of pressure, and he was just heaving it up trying to make a play. You know, maybe don't throw it up for Darius Jennings, of all people, but, you know, I didn't have a huge problem with either of those plays from a, a Mariota standpoint. I think he got benched because the offense wasn't moving i mean it yeah. was it was stuck in neutral it wasn't going anywhere and, and a lot of that was on him in this game so yeah it you know we we all we were pretty fair about marcus i think for 99 percent of our conversations yeah because we the majority of us said give it two weeks with lawan see what happens yeah. and we saw that like we knew lawan didn't really solve anything right and not that it's still all on Marcus, because I, I yeah. let, let's preface it's that too. Absolutely not all. On it's Marcus. A, there. There is so many things that have happened through his career. It's not all on Marcus. Yeah. Marcus just isn't the right quarterback for the Titans right now, yeah. and 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 not in the future. Right. I mean, let's just call it like it is. It's not. It's not going to happen. I know that there are people on Twitter just five days ago who were screaming at me saying, "Well, the extension is one hundred percent going to happen," and blah 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 blah. Yeah. It, it nothing is for certain in this business. No, in the week to week play of Marcus, you got about at most two halves a game, a game pretty mm-hmm. much put together over all six that were competent Marcus quarterback play. Yeah. I mean the the first half of the Falcons game, I thought he was really good. Um, I didn't think he was bad in the second half of that. And game. I see, he didn't get a lot of opportunities, so you can't really count. You know, in the second half of that yeah. game, yeah, and, I mean, you know, they, it doesn't they, count one way or another. Yeah, I, I felt like that was neutral after that. Yeah. But that was the one half that I felt like he was really, actually, good in elevating the offense. the The rest of the time, even in the Bronx or even in the Browns game, when you know the Titans scored forty three points, I mean, we came on the podcast and I said C plus. That was the grade I gave him for that you game. Did. And I was like, he didn't really do a whole lot. I mean, he completed a couple short passes, let his receivers make plays, and and I gave him credit for that. He also missed some throws that he should have made. And so I I just – I never felt like he really was playing at a high level besides that first half in Atlanta. And, I I mean, obviously, I think we kind of know now the Falcons – 
defense is like historically bad almost it's so bad um so that kind of explains some of that but you know I just I feel I feel for the guy because I don't think it's all his fault I do think the, the franchise deserves a lot of blame for he came into one of the worst rosters in the NFL um when he was drafted and that's Rustin Webster's fault uh Rustin Webster was fired a year half a year after well I mean get this yeah so Marcus gets here. He's one of the worst rosters in the NFL. Six, and what, seven games into his yeah. NFL career, his first head coach gets fired. And and technically, I, it was statistically one of his second best year. Yeah. Like, the worst yeah. roster and talent around him that you could possibly have. His head coach gets fired, and statistically, and and what you see, the eye test, yeah. is his second best year. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, and so... He loses his his head coach. Then he loses the guy that drafted him. The GM is fired at the end of that season. So you got a new GM comes or new GM comes in, John Robinson, new new head coach, which is an elevated coach, but it's still Mike Malarkey moving, you know, to a different offense and stuff like that. So reboot. And I mean, frankly, looking back on it, I, I feel like Malarkey did a pretty good job of getting the best that he could out of Mariota. I feel like the injury on I, I Christmas Eve. I hate saying it because I was so high on I was so high on the decision to fire Vrabel. Or you mean Malarkey? Or yeah, Malarkey. Yeah. And I'm I'm actually kind of on the train to fire Vrabel <laughs> right now. Um, we'll get to that yeah. later. But I was so I was so like yes, this is it. And because se- while seventeen technically was his third best year, I guess you could say, and, out of these you know, pitiful and, years. And some people will say the playoffs and, yeah. and all that, but I mean, they, it was it, there was it so was much a, into it. But he got you're right. He got the most. He knew, I think, the best what Marcus was. Yeah, and I think that's what this all kind of boils down to is the reason you saw the best statistical year in from Marcus was because Malarkey knew who he was. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, and I don't think what Malarkey and Rubisky were doing was something great from a scheme standpoint as far as, you know, oh, this is this is just, you know, revolutionary football or anything. But I will say this, Rubisky, in, you know, I don't know, maybe Malarkey was, was helping some, some of this stuff. But the run game design when Rubisky and Malarkey were here was some of the best designed run game that I've ever seen you know from a Titans team and that's that's legitimate so I think I think they they ran the ball well they had DeMarco Murray who was probably an underrated factor in that that 2016 season because he was I mean he was honestly Mariota's second favorite target um that year and so they lose Murray and I mean it just it's kind of all falling apart you know it's it's been it's been a tough situation, and and the injury and in, on Christmas Eve, brutal. I, that that injury will to me always be the moment that Marcus died. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, mean, I mean that's when Marcus the the Marcus that we all knew he died when he got injured Christmas Eve, and my soul died. Yeah, I mean uh, I was at a bar, literally called rock bottom, <laughs> and I hit rock bottom because I was by myself watching this game. Literally nobody else in the bar and i'm it's a giant two-story bar and i'm literally the only patron on christmas eve downtown nashville and it's gray it was rainy and he gets injured and that was it like my yeah. soul left and yeah i mean it is a brutal loss and 
you know, the injury was tough, obviously. And, and you kind of, I kind of feel like ever since that point, he's never really felt comfortable in the pocket. Like he's always kind of just been a little skittish. And I feel like that, that point was kind of the, the changeover. Cause if you want to blame it on scheme or whatever, that's fine. But this kind of started snowballing in 2017. I mean, the, the, the whole like taking more sacks and, not really trusting his pocket, feeling a little bit, you know, uneasy from, you know, just from watching him. You could tell he was a little bit jittery about uh, his protection and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. It's just kind of. Uh, what the fuck are we watching? Did they, the Broncos mascot just kick Sal, the. Oh, Cousin Sal. Cousin Sal through. I don't know what is going on on this TV behind me. Bizarre. But. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It, it, I think the injury had a lot to do with it. I think, you know, obviously they, they didn't do the best job of giving him weapons and stuff like that. I mean, for a long time it was it, Richard it, Matthews yeah. and Delaney Walker. And, and Walker's it, and great. They but, tried. I mean, yeah. they, you can, you can, their level of effort could have been better, but they did try to give him people they thought that complimented. I think they tried to get receivers that complimented what he could do. Yeah. You know, the, you know, Harry Douglas could always be, you could depend on him to be in a spot. Yeah. Like, they got dependable, Tajay Sharp, the reason he's lasted so long is because you could depend on him to be in a spot and nine times out of ten catch the ball. Yeah. And, you know, they tried to do the explosive deep ball player with Taewon, and it, it didn't work. And you, I'm, you know me, I'm not a big Taewon fan, but it, it's a little bit of his skills probably not meshing with, Marcus's ability so you know it's could they have gotten probably better possession receivers or something yeah maybe I mean it just seems like at some point yeah all this stuff happened but at the end of the day he's responsible for himself yeah his play on the field he's responsible for and what you saw in the Broncos game was bad Marcus Uh, that was probably one of the worst since last year at least the worst performance I've seen because he was just leaving the pocket but then when he left the pocket like there was the two-man rush one that was yeah that was brutal and you know my my thing was why are you leaving the pocket but then he left the pocket and instead of trying to run just take it and run, and it was open. He probably he could have beat that first defender easily because I mean it's Marcus. That's one of the, his best abilities. Yeah. It, he's a better runner than he is a thrower. Sure. And then he didn't do that. It's like two bad decisions back to back. Like you make one bad decision, then you made another. That was my big problem with that play. Okay, so you made one bad decision, but you get we gained nothing from it. Yeah. And there were people he could have thrown it to. He if or he could have stayed in the pocket and tried to. I mean, it was just two people. Yeah. Like. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, literally, they had two rushers on the play. One is double teamed, like behind him. He's like behind Mariota at this point. And then there's Von Miller, who's really not even rushing. He's just kind of spying. And there are literally four Titans standing between Von Miller and Mariota. And yet Mariota leaves the pocket and puts himself in a position where. Von Miller is able to run and take an angle to him around those those guys that were protecting him. I mean, those, those guys were standing in between him and Miller, and then Mariota runs off to the side, and now Miller has an angle. And, and it's, it's so frustrating to watch him do stuff like that. You know, 
yeah, it was a third and 14 or whatever it was. It was going to be tough for them to convert it. But if you sit back there, if you give most quarterbacks, you know, say, say you know, Phillip Rivers, the Titans are playing this week. You give Phillip Rivers a two-man rush and just don't have him under any pressure at all, he's going to find somebody open at some point and throw him open and make a play. He's going to make Why you pay for Why do you have to that. use Phillip Rivers? Because you know now everybody's going <laughs> to think that you're, you're pushing that this yeah, narrative that Phillip Rivers is... Shade towards Marcus. Uh, but, now, it, the thing is, I don't know, Mar- Mariota, he compounds the issues. Because sometimes, yes, the offensive line breaks down, gets beat, and this, there's a bad sack that is Nate Davis's fault or Roger Saffold's fault or Lawan's fault or Conklin's, you know, whoever. But when he, when he, hit, when he has a good pocket sometimes, he'll sit there and there will be open receivers, and then he doesn't throw the ball, and then he tries to run out and he gets sacked. And that happened a couple times in this Broncos game where it was like, there's an excellent pocket, there are receivers open, and he's looking right at him. It's, I'm not saying like, because sometimes you can you can sit there and you look at a play and the quarterback's looking to the right side of the field and there's a guy wide open on the backside on the left side of the field and you're like, oh, he's wide open. Why didn't throw it to him? Well, obviously he wasn't like in the read or he wasn't looking that direction. These are guys that Mariota is looking right at. I mean, this, these are guys that are in the read and he's not throwing the football and then he waits and waits and waits and then pressure starts to get there after you know four seconds or whatever and then it's a sack and it's like i get that the sacks are too high and the offensive line has not been good and and that is a problem but the offensive line has not been nearly as bad as the 29 or whatever sacks that they're up to now suggest and i mean to be honest Ryan Tannehill's not a whole lot better about that that's that's one of his weaknesses as well so i don't know that the change is going to make that a ton better, but I do think there are some things that Tannehill does that Mariota maybe doesn't do that could help this team, and and I, I think they have to find out, right? You know, do do defenses have to respect Tannehill through the air? I think so. I mean, I think he's got a big enough arm to challenge you downfield. Um, not that Mariota can't throw deep, but Mariota just doesn't throw deep often. He doesn't tend to throw the the deep like when's the when's the last time we really saw them go after like a deep pose like the Cleveland game when he uh, hit Brown yeah, that would probably be it uh, before that it would probably be the no the games last year I may get confused but yeah. the Dallas uh, game where he like just lobbed it up to Darius Jennings yeah. in in that one he pass. he threw it he threw it to, uh, the one the second interception uh, when he was trying to throw to Jennings he threw it deep on that play in this game but that was more of a scramble desperation kind of play yeah. than anything. So I don't know. I just feel like he doesn't tend to take shots down the field. And I think, I think Tannehill will, I mean, this is, you know, purely anecdotal from one game, but you remember last year, I mean, him hitting that bomb to stills against Butler in the opener. I mean, he's got that in him. So. Yeah. I um, mean, as him, Albert Wilson, I mean, there's times he, where he's hit Parker. I mean, he, he takes the shots. He yeah. takes the chances. He's probably going to turn the ball over more. Yeah. But if the ball, if the offense moves, that's okay. The defense is good enough to handle some turnovers. I guess the thing was for me throughout this whole year is that all we talked about was this was the best offense that's ever been surrounded by Marcus. Yeah. This is the best offense that's definitely been ever, uh, Tannehill's ever been a part of too. Yeah. 
So if Tannehill doesn't improve and we saw what Marcus was and Tannehill doesn't tangibly improve. And when I say tangibly improve, we, he only has to get like six more points every game. <laughs> like like yeah. most of the games besides his last game, I mean, we're, we're so close to winning. And I know you could say, well, Marcus drove down and we missed field goals. Mm-hmm. That That's fine. The, the problem is, is that there was plenty of times where Marcus took a sack or took a uh, took a penalty or did this or that that we wouldn't have had to be in field goal position or we right. would have been in better field goal position. Yeah. That's what some people are, you know, kind of forgetting in some of these instances. And right. the other thing is, if Marcus would have hit open receivers or could have got touchdowns, that's that's the problem. Touchdowns fucking matter. Yeah, I know that he was seven and zero in touchdowns interception ratio, and I was starting to kind of think, okay, if he could string some good games in together. But now, when you look at the seven and zero, that's six games. That's not even one touchdown per game. Yeah, you're looking at a. Oh, pace it's one of point. Like, it's one point zero one touchdown or something like that. Yeah, you're looking at a pace of like you know nineteen touchdowns a game, yeah. roughly. Or yeah. not making touchdowns over the course, of which the is not good enough. That's no. not good enough in today's yeah. NFL. No. I, I'm I'm sorry, it's just not. And you know, you can say it's because we're not passing, but before this weekend, and like I said, I haven't done any stat research or anything. Uh, but before this weekend, we were passing the majority. The majority of our plays have been pass plays by fifty three percent. I think it was to forty six percent and some change. So we we are passing. Now, I don't know if we're passing league average, but we're still passing more than we're, what we're running, and we're passing more uh, percentage of our plays or pass plays more than the Seahawks. So touchdowns matter. Good quarterbacks can't matter. Like, yep. And I'm sorry. I think Marcus is a respectable guy, and I think a lot of people confuse being liked and being respected with other stuff, but he just wasn't. Uh, for the last two and a half years, he just wasn't good enough. Yeah. I, I think that's w- what it comes down to at the end of the day. What is Mariota's ceiling right now based on what we know? I mean, his ceiling, I feel like, is like a middle-of-the-road quarterback. I mean, his ceiling is Andy Dalton without Jay Gruden. Uh, yeah, like it's or it's mobile, like mobile Andy yeah Dalton or it's or, like it's like Alex Smith but San Francisco Alex Smith he's yeah. never gonna be Alex Smith in Kansas City yeah I think it would take <laughs> him being put in a perfect situation for him to be able to get to that point point. and look I get that yeah if you stuck him with Andy Reid or you know what whatever quarterback you want to pick that you think is is an offensive genius Kyle Shanahan maybe Maybe he is able to execute the offense on a Jimmy Garoppolo level and and do that kind of thing, but I don't think there's a guarantee of that. One, I mean, we we have no way of knowing. And two, I mean, the Titans are going to have to get what they can get. You know, obviously, you'd love to be able to find that next Kyle Shanahan or whatever, but those guys don't come around all the time and it would be nice to have a quarterback that you didn't have to have, you know, the most genius offensive uh, schemer of his generation. Well, yeah, it's it's like the people who say, well, Jared Goff's only good because he's got Sean McVay. Okay. Well, that's fine if you want to make that, but how many, how often, how long did it take for Sean McVay to find his way into LA? Right. Like, 
And then how many people have tried to take Sean McVay and recreate him somewhere else and it doesn't work out? Yeah. There, there's not enough Sean McVays for 32 teams to all have them right? As a, as a head coach or offensive coordinator. And then you're just put in the same position where, okay, he's here and he gets Marcus to throw 35 touchdowns and two interceptions and 4,000 yards, if, if that was possible. Yeah. And he's gone. And, and even even <laughs> like, if you do have like an offensive genius and you can make him make it work or whatever, there's also examples of the other way around. I mean, it, how many people think like Daryl Bevel or Brian Schottenheimer are offensive geniuses? Not a whole lot, yeah. but Russell Wilson is still playing out of his mind and he still leads them to be like a top 10 offense pretty much every year. And either, there's other examples, you know, Deshaun Watson. Bill O'Brien, I think, is an okay offensive mind, but it, when oh, people been, think B, Bill O'Brien, I've seen people on Twitter recently say Bill o, when I was talking about Deshaun Watson yeah. and Russell Wilson, that Bill O'Brien is one of the best coaches in the NFL. He he almost got <laughs> fired like three times. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't know, he looked pretty fucking shitty when Brock Osweiler was the yeah. quarterback. I'll say that. I mean then all of a sudden Watson gets there and oh all of a sudden we can score points even though there's still the shit offensive line you know they, they don't have a good offensive line they just have a quarterback that can erase the mistakes and those are hard to find don't well, get me wrong Russell Wilson hardly has yeah he's know, never he's, had a good offensive right. line really. and but he erases the mistakes yeah and that and and they both have shitty offensive coordinators too yeah. I mean you're talking about Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer who Daryl Bevel has interviewed for 15 head coaching jobs, I'm pretty sure. And I'm not an exaggeration. <laughs> I really think he's interviewed for 15 head coaching jobs, and he's never been a head coach. Yeah. And now he's in Detroit. And, I mean, Stafford's playing pretty well this yeah. year. But, you know, I, I don't it's think still he's... still a run-first offense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just – I don't know. I, I think the proof there's, – there's proof that, yes, a coach can make a player a lot better – but there's also a ton of evidence out there that a player can make a coach a lot better too. And I don't think, you know, it's, it's maybe it's not fair that Mariota ended up here and working with Robisky and, you know, whoever else, but for all we know, LaFleur is going to turn out to be a really good coach. I mean, he's, he's doing pretty well in green Bay right now. Um, so I don't know. I, it's not all Mario's fault. There, there's other issues obviously, but, I think at this point, the Titans owe it to the rest of the team to try something different with Tannehill. And like Vrabel said this week, I mean, he almost, he didn't really come out and say it, but I almost feel like he was admitting that, hey, they want to see what this offense looks like with a different quarterback and see if the problems are still there, that if they need to address something else, or if maybe this is a Mariota problem. Well, do you want to get into... Um... Marcus or Vrabel? Um, let's stick on Marcus. We're kind of we're okay. kind of headed down that road anyway. All right, we got Richard, Richard Matthews today is the third ex player, including Eric Decker and Demarco Murray, to come out and talk about the leadership uh, abilities, the style of leadership abilities is the better way to put it of Marcus. Yeah and how it doesn't really fit what is needed at the quarterback position. Now, Delaney earlier this, this year, we talked about it on this podcast, was talking about how you can't go to some guys and blah, 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 because they get their feelings hurt. Yeah. Well, that 
you tie that into what they're all saying, especially what with what Richard said today about the, the same thing about that being with Marcus. And we know Delaney's not been that content. Now, Delaney yeah. has sent out some mis- mixed signals himself since the benching, but yeah. I get the kind of feeling that Marcus's style's not for everyone, which yeah. is fine. Not every leadership style is going to work for everything. But in right. the c- quarterback position, it's pretty important to have a, l- a leader of a certain ilk. Yeah. Because look at the la- look at all, I think, Joe Flacco, Brad Johnson – and uh, you could say probably Nick Foles and Russell Wilson, year one Russell Wilson, that when he won the Super Bowl, were not the leaders calling people out. Yeah. That, and that that's a pretty mixed bag of quarterbacks, but most quarterbacks that win the Super Bowl are the ones that take over the team in some form or fashion. You can argue that maybe Brady, his first year, didn't, but yeah. some people also just always have the DNA. I just don't think Marcus had the DNA of a fiery, passionate, elevate you when you're down, inspire you kind of deal. And, and when we talk about being vocal or being passionate, I'm personally not talking about that he has to get up in someone's face and cuss constantly. Right. And because there's certain ways to lead and all that stuff. I just found that when you really look back and look at it, three games I felt that he really inspired the team four games yeah that I personally felt he inspired the team without having to play good like I think that's to me one of the biggest parts was not when you're successful as a leader it's when you're failing yeah and for the most part when this team is flailing on offense his demeanor on the sidelines and your flat build cap and your sunken shoulders and your just look of despair that tells me a lot about who you are. And there's way more often times of that being the case than anything else. And to me, I've never felt that Marcus is not the leader for me. He's not my leadership style. He's yeah. not someone I would follow. He'd be someone that I yeah, I'd be nice to. I respect you. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna be mean to you, but yeah, I'm not really gonna listen to you. Right. Now that's not to say that I think Richard's a great leader or anything else. And yeah. and being a good leader does not mean you can pass the ball all of a sudden. Yeah. That, that to me, There's, it wouldn't matter what kind of leader he was if he was good. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess that's what I'm getting at is if he was good, it really wouldn't matter what kind of leader he was. But when you're not, we're not, when you're not very good at being a quarterback and you're not very good at being a particular kind of leader, because he was apparently a good leader to some people. Yeah. I mean, he's a servant leader if you want to get specific in leadership archetypes. But. Yeah. You know what, but, what's your t- what's your take on all of it? So I, I don't think his leadership is it by any means the reason that he did not work out here. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, I that don't, is, I don't either. That is, uh, that's definitely not the case. But I will say that, like you said, you know, different leaders, you know, kind of do things different ways, and and different people prefer to follow different types of leaders. So it's it's never going to be a hundred percent, um you know, mesh rate between your leader and, and your team. But I will say that there are examples. Uh, I think, you know, we were having a conversation with some people on Twitter today. Uh, people pointed out Warren Moon, Joe Montana, some some kind of quieter uh, quarterbacks who have been good leaders and been very successful. And 
I think it's possible, yes. The other thing that those guys were were unbelievable players. So I think I think there is something to Tom Brady style in football which we've seen in person and it's it is it's something it's it's something to watch i mean and you know i've talked about this a lot since going to that practice but it really kind of opened my eyes because you realize that brady is in control of everything and now part of that is he's been in the league for forever he's the goat he you know there's there's all of that um he knows the system inside now whatever but he is in total control. He has grabbed that offense and made it his own. Like, that is Tom Brady's offense. Josh McDaniels might be calling the plays, but Tom Brady is running that shit. And I think that's, if you really want to reach the next level of quarterbacking, I think that's where you have to get to. You have to be telling your receivers, this is what I expect of you in this situation. When you see this, this is where you go. Right, because Russell got there, it felt like, in year two, year three. Yeah. We're kind of in year five, and we're not we're not seeing it. Yeah, and I, I feel like, you know, I've been to many Titans practices at this point with Mariota, and you never really hear him. Maybe he's going and taking guys off to the side in between series or, or something like that and talking to them. I don't know that for, for sure either way. But well, I don't see it in the games. The, the, More often than not, I see him by himself or standing on the sideline, not talking to anybody. The, the thing is, I feel like the immediate correction of, "Hey, you needed to be here. This that should have been an out route, not a stop." You know that that kind of thing. You gotta. I feel like that level of communication, and also the the other side of this is also when. He's he's kind of come along, and and I don't remember specifically where I heard this or, or where where it came up, but I know I've heard stories of Mariota being almost reluctant to give feedback to his coaches, like when, when they're installing the game plan and saying, "Hey," was well, Lafleur was telling him that he needed to do it. Yeah, maybe yeah, that's that, where that's, I'm, it was from. It's from the off season last year. So, and, and I've kind of got a problem with that personally because. Again, you have got to take ownership of the offense as a quarterback. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how many other veterans are in the room. You're the quarterback, and it doesn't really matter what age you are or who's got tenure or anything else like that when it comes to, to football, especially on offense. Well, you're also the number two pick. You're you're the guy. When and you've got your hand under center and you're touching the ball every single play, when, you are the guy. When Zach Mettenberger, Alex Tanney, uh, Matt Castle, and Blaine Gabbard are your only competition, they are giving <laughs> you every chance they can for you to take make this room your own. Yeah, and, and I, I feel like Mariota has not been vocal enough he's not taken enough ownership of uh the offense i think um where someone somebody it might have been richard matthews talking about the number of times during the off season i think it was today. yeah it was him because um, that, that was a big contention of of debate yeah. of what leadership is and what it all means and all that kind of stuff but Tannehill hill made him made the receivers forced them to do two a throwing week, sessions two a throwing week, yeah. sessions a week, all off season, and Marcus just did one all off season. Yeah, Mar- Mariota. He does last... one like for like a couple of days. Yeah, but they meet up not... in California or but, something. Yeah, and yeah, it, they it's... they do like a few days or whatever. But in in I mean, not to just rag on Mariota or anything, but I mean, honestly, 
he goes back to Oregon or Hawaii like every single chance. Any he, chance he gets, he goes back. He's he's got. I, I don't feel like he's ever been like necessarily about doing everything with the team. Like we had the the pushback with the weight question and stuff like that about the team wanted him to gain weight. His trainer told him he, you know, should stay at 215 and be more explosive. And he went with his trainer. And, and so now this year he finally did gain the weight and Hey, he's been healthy. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, some of that stuff I feel like is, is him not taking ownership of the offense and the franchise like he should have as the quarterback. You know, it's a highly drafted quarterback that they wanted to be the franchise franchise quarterback. I think that was the problem. I don't know. These Titans quarterbacks are just all so different that we've had. But, you know, yes, Marcus has the more stats and the better stats. But, yeah. and like I said, leadership does not equate to stats. Chemistry technically doesn't have to equate to stats. You yeah. can... You can have a better chemistry with one quarterback, like Rashard says that it, it would. He didn't say that. Technically, he didn't say it was bad or worse chemistry. Right. And it, he def, he just said it was hard to build a good chemistry the way that Marcus did things. And and let me say this: the fact that we're still having issues with Corey Davis and Delaney Walker not being on the same page as a quarterback is is really old. I mean, we the. Titans have got to lead the NFL in throws that land in the grass where nobody is because the receiver's running one route and Mariota thinks he's supposed to be running another route. And at some point, maybe they've got all of the dumbest receivers of all time, but I personally don't think Corey Davis or Delaney Walker uh, are particularly dumb human beings. I think they, they're smart enough to understand where they need to be. And, uh, you know, the example from earlier this season in the Jaguars game, Corey Davis was right in uh, – where he was shutting down that route and, and Mariota was throwing as if he was going to keep running through a window. So I think at some point that's got to come back to Marcus, right? Right. I mean, it, it can't it, be all on the receiver's fault for this long against this many wide receivers. Yeah, and across a whole year's worth. I mean, every year is it's, yeah. it's a slew of wide receivers and – you know, you got A.J. Brown, you have Delaney. You missed a whole year of Delaney. You have A.J. Yeah. Brown, you have Hump, you have um, Corey, you know, that you've not been on a great page with. And you go for two or three days and you're out in Hawaii or you're out in the West Coast and then you're back. Yeah. Or you're not back. They all come back, but you're you're still out there. And it just seems like to me he focused on the wrong things constantly in the off season. Uh, mainly this off season, I feel like you you can say the other off season where you lost all the weight, but um, I I don't know it. it and it goes back to person there. Marcus is very very well liked. Yeah, and I think there's a lot to like about Marcus. I mean, I feel like we're bagging on him a little right. bit with all this, but there's a lot to like about and him. And he's too. just a different leader. But he's not the right leader that this locker room has grown to need. They've grown to need their quarterback to step up. And because it's the miss, the missing piece of this team, when you have a Super Bowl-caliber defense, Super Bowl-caliber Super Bowl punter in special teams, <laughs> and Turn you there. have 
competent. You have really good receivers. We yeah. we have good receivers. Yeah. Uh, every time Corey Davis or A.J. Brown get involved, good things happen. Yeah, and it gets to a point where he's the missing piece. The, the quarterback's the missing piece. This leadership thing, a lot of people think that because he's liked and respected by his teammates and they that he's a great leader. The, he could be... A good leader, and uh, I, I, I in his own way. Yeah. But that is not the way this team has needed. And I go back to those Delaney comments where everybody said, "Oh no, Delaney's talking about all locker rooms and stuff." Well, Marcus is a part of that generation that he's talking about. Yeah. And I, I think they really needed they needed Marcus to come and take over this team. And I think that's kind of plays in them bringing in Tannehill to provide him him a spark or him some competition yeah. uh, to get things rolling. And I, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't want to sound like to, that. I don't think that Marcus is a, is a good, good leader. Yeah. He, he, he leads. He is just it's, it's it, different. Yeah. He leads. It's just different. And I think that you've now heard three ex players who have been with various types of, personalities mm -hmm. in Eric Decker, DeMarco Murray, and um, Richard, Matthews. Richard Matthews. They've played with various quarterbacks, and they all say the same thing. And then you take what kind of what Delaney said, and it, it kind of just shows you that you can be well-liked, but you're probably not the a, a great leader if you're not inspiring and elevating. I really feel like he's done that maybe two or three times in his whole career. Yeah. When it when the chips are down. So let's let's talk about what this means, big picture for the Titans. I mean, obviously they're going to be doing some sort of reboot at quarterback next year. Right. Do you think one? Do you think fucking Royce Freeman's already in the game? Get him out of there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the hell is uh, this? I don't know your boy uh, Fangio, um, but yeah. So the Titans are almost certainly going to be looking for a new new quarterback next year. Uh, do you think Tannehill is going to provide enough of a spark, as Mike Vrabel said, um, to make them a playoff contender this year? Oh man, we are in quite the hole to be yeah. <laughs> a, a playoff contender. Uh, we've now dropped four AFC um, losses: Bills, Broncos, yeah, one and four in the and AFC. Jags. <laughs> um, wow. It depends on how lenient you want to be with the definition of contender. Within if you, if you want to be one of those teams that needs like five things to break right, then yeah, so maybe we are you're, contenders. You're still showing up on the in the hunt graphic in week sixteen. Okay, well, I think we could be there with probably like three or four other teams because Tannehill doesn't have to be doesn't have to be like he doesn't have to be Peyton Manning. Right, he just has to be a couple plays better than Marcus every game. Yeah. I mean, it's a really a low bar because this defense is so good. It's such a low bar for Tannehill to achieve that if he doesn't achieve it, we we got some problems. Something is yeah. rotten at the core of this team. It's, it's just, there's some, there's a decay there. Well, I think I think this next the, these next few weeks and I think Tannehill played okay uh against Denver. He obviously came in in a weird situation. One, he's cold coming off the bench, barely got any reps during the week. 
And then two, he comes in down what? They, were they already down sixteen by the time he got in the uh, game, or was I think it thirteen? So. Maybe been thirteen. Um, but either way, he comes down. He comes in down two scores relatively late in the game, and so he's he's trying to he's trying to bring him back. I think he made some some plays. Uh, he he took some bad sacks too. I've, I've got my all twenty two breakdown coming, and he took he takes your some mar- your Marcus hit piece. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he takes some bad sacks too, and I, you know, I'll I'll point those out because, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a Tannehill hater too. <laughs> I hate them all. Um, but he did make some really nice throws too. Like he's hitting the, these deep outs to Corey Davis and AJ Brown. He hit the nice seam ball to Ferkser. He hit a nice seam ball to uh, Humphreys. Um, I don't know. I, I felt like there was a little bit of a spark. Obviously, it didn't result in any points they they got into the red zone a couple times and and kind of fell apart from there not all Tannehill's fault but some of it but I'm interested to see after a week of practice with the first team get trying to get in a rhythm really getting into the game plan the game plan being designed around him what he looks like this week because you're right it does not take a whole lot for this team to suddenly be winning football games. I mean, the, the defense is going to keep them in games. The, de- the defense has proven that basically if the offense can give them 21 points a game, they'll probably win most of their games. So the Titans, uh, just to get to 21 points a game, would only put them like middle of the pack. I mean, that that's like 17th or 18th in the, the league in total offense. So he doesn't have to make them a top 10 offense. He just has to make them not a bottom five offense anymore. Right. And... <sighs> here's the thing I will say about this. I don't know if San Diego is going to be a great judge of what Tannehill is, if he's good. If he's bad, then we have problems, because this is a banged-up San Diego team Yeah, that is not that great. So I can't really say that, okay, after one game, well, Tannehill solved all of our offensive issues. Uh, who do we play after? Bucks. The Bucks. Yeah, so we got back-to-back home games here. Yeah, and Bucks. the Bucks are, are a kind of an underrated defensive pretty good defensive team they're they're a little underrated I, I i mean it's gonna take two weeks for me to be to say this is what the problem was on offense because this is this is essentially what's coming down to was quarterback the problem for this team yeah and i, I think I, there there are problems with arthur smith the biggest problem that i have personally with arthur smith's offense is third downs every third down play the Titans spread spread out like five wide receivers, and then they all run routes that are beyond the stick. So when it's like third and eight, you've got all these guys running vertical routes beyond the sticks, and it is just congested. I mean, it, it's it's a mess out there. So I think they have to recognize that on third downs, defenses play the sticks for one. So if you're running all your routes right at the sticks, you're running right into their coverage. Now, I would like to see them get a little bit more of a layered approach to third down where they're bringing some guys underneath where you could catch it at four or five yards and run for a first down if they're going to leave guys open. Um, You know, there's stuff like that that's in there, but there's also plays that have been available that have just not been made. So I want to see what this looks like with Tannehill. It it might make a big difference. It might not. I mean, there's a chance that it just – 
we see mostly the same crap. And what what do you want to say? What do you say to the people that after they see this game, and let's say that it's a pretty drastically little bit different setup on offense. Yeah, and they say, well, why if they would have done this with Marcus, they could, you know, he would never been benched. <laughs> I, what do you say to those people? I think that's I think that's bullshit. And it's Freeman. Fuck! <laughs> God, I hate this Broncos running back. Shit. Fantasy football is tormenting Zach. Um, but the uh, yeah, so I, I think that's bullshit. Um, if they are going to change the offense, it is going to be because they feel like these are the plays that Tannehill can execute better. And if Mariota, again, this comes back to being vocal. If Mariota felt like whatever offense they put Tannehill in was the better offense for him all along. He should have spoke up and said something. I guarantee you Arthur Smith is not going to say, no, no, Marcus, you have to run this. Arthur Smith's whole thing all along was trying to take input from, you know, his players and especially Mariota to try to put him in a position where he was comfortable. So I don't think if they do run a different look or if they are a little bit different looking from a schematic standpoint, I don't think you can just say, oh, well, that's that's why all of a sudden this looks better. It's probably looking better because they feel like Tannehill can execute these plays better. I want to get I want to get into something real quick. These these Oregon sports writers that have oh suddenly popped up on the Twitter and so exhausting. Uh, can they just can they just stay in Oregon? Yeah, just stay. Stay your lane. As Tajay Sharp yeah, says. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the fans that are threatening to leave the team because, you know, they were Oregon fans who came over and stuff like that. You know, go, I go for it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I love mean, this all is Titans so, fans. This is so dramatic. Wrong, if, then you're not a you're not a Titans fan. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a Mario you're, fan. And, that, and that's fine. You can be yeah. a Marcus fan. But don't act like you've been through the tough times. Right. These were not tough times. No, so no, 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 no. <laughs> the, yeah, the bottom is nowhere near yeah. where we. <laughs> these these are not tough times for the Titans fans. This is yeah. like this is like nothing. This is water off a duck's yeah. back right here. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the guy that the the best thing that I saw this week, I think, was the guy from Oregon, the writer who. Well, won, shit. He got uh he got all these um he got all these facts wrong in his piece for one. And then, two, he comes out and calls Paul Kaharski, of all people, a, a Titans apologist. <laughs> yes, that I'm was like, the uh, best. Paul Kaharski isn't an apologist for anybody. I mean, my God, if, if anybody was going to call out the Titans, it would be Paul. Yeah. I mean, geez, it's it's a lack of perspective. And I guess I get those those guys. They love Mariota. They saw him at his best when he was just dominating and you know, he was that guy for them. Right. So I can understand they see him struggling here. They blame it on the system or the Titans or whatever, the organization. I can understand where they're coming from, but they've got to understand that if you're not watching the tape or if you're just like looking at his stats and trying to understand why he's not playing well, like he did at Oregon, you don't understand this is not the same player that he was at Oregon. He's he's changed. He's changed since 2016. We just talked about it. It's not the same guy. And maybe the same guy could be refound, but he's a guy that's not playing with any confidence whatsoever. And you can see it. It's written all over his body language, written all over his face half the time at all these press conferences. And and it's heartbreaking because there was once a guy that was extremely confident and 
poised and exciting to watch play. And now it's just kind of a shell of his former self. And whether you want to blame the team for that or not, the Titans benching him isn't some scapegoating thing. The Titans benching him is them trying to figure out how they can win more football games. And they think that Mariota not being a part of the offense will help them do that. So, Because crazy as it sounds, this is still a playoff team technically. I mean, we're not it's, technically it's a, out of the race. I think it's a playoff roster for sure. I know, I know John Robinson has gotten some crap out of all the – like, I mean, Titans fans – the pitchforks are out for everybody. Like, I mean, obviously Mariota is the one that that is getting his job removed, and people have been calling for Keith Carter's job, and I don't necessarily uh, disagree with that. Um, people are calling for Arthur Smith's job. People are calling for Mike Vrabel's job. People are calling for John Robinson's job. People are calling for Amy Adam Strunk's job. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> I did, I've gotten some tweets that are, they need to fire Amy Adam Strong, and I'm like, well, she owns the team, yeah. So uh, that's not going to happen. But it, people, I mean, there there are fans that are out for for blood right now, and it is a miserable time to to be a Titans fan at the moment the, if you're on any sort of social media or message board or really anywhere. I, I am I'm not for uh, the whole narrative that this team is is historically always going to be a run first and defense team. I don't believe that either. And I I think that the selection of quarterbacks have kind of ham kind of like change you to being a certain kind of way. They yeah. they've like they're hampering you. But John Robinson has drafted what? A wide receiver every year that he's been in the draft? I think so. Yeah. Um Sharp the first year, Taylor and Davis the next year. Uh, did he, he didn't take one in didn't, 18. No, he didn't draft one in 18. He uh, so. But, uh, but I mean, that's a first round pick, a second round pick, a third round pick, and a right. sixth round pick. He spent he spent some real capital there and signed Adam Humphreys for a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he signed all those people to be blockers. No. <laughs> so no, and, and I mean, I feel like people like to make the joke that he did, but I really don't think that that's what Robinson's intent. Was. And I don't think Amy Adams Strunk is running down the offices saying we have to run the ball more. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't buy. I mean, because that's the thing. Like people say, oh, this has always been a run team. It's always going to be a run team. No, none of the parts are the same. I mean, if you want to go back even to just pre Mariota, the GM's not the same. The owner's not the same. Uh, the head coach isn't the same even like I mean even Watterson's gone and he was here for 30 something years so I don't know who it is in the organization that that people feel like is controlling the fact that they're always going to be a run team that, that I don't feel like that's a real thing I feel like right now it's a situation where they are trying to win the best way they can and they feel like Derrick Henry is probably their best bet because they don't really trust the quarterback. And I mean, if they did trust the quarterback, that he wouldn't be on the bench right now. So yeah, I I don't know. I mean, we'll see what, how things change. I hope they do try to attack downfield more. And frankly, I mean, big big time caveat that it was just preseason, but Ryan Tannehill looked really good in preseason. I mean, the they're in to be frank. There are some things that we learned in preseason that we probably should have paid more attention to 
and I brushed him under the table and ignored him like Roger Saffold struggling. That is definitely translated from preseason. Uh, Mariota struggling at times and, and taking some unnecessary sacks has definitely uh, translated from preseason. So I feel like there has been some carryover at other spots, so why not uh, possibly Tannehill come in and, and play well? I mean, that, there's a chance that that happens this week. Well, before we get to the uh, bottom part of the positive sandwich, yeah, the uh, how does it feel? No, no, I'm going to save it for the positive part because it's right. a positive part. All right. Okay, all right, all right. okay, sorry. All right. Do we want to talk Vrabel? Real quick. All right. Because because we're an hour and four minutes. Oh wow! Yeah. So time flies when you're uh, bitching. Yeah. So let let me say this about Vrabel. My confidence factor and defending factor of Vrabel is probably at an all time low. Now it's still higher than most because I still would think that we can win a Super Bowl with Vrabel. I really do, as as a head coach. But he's not giving me, he's not giving me a lot of confidence that we're ever going to get there. Yeah, I that's kind of where I'm at with uh, with Vrabel. Actually, I I'm a little bit shook in my Vrabel confidence. I, I am I am shook to my core, bud. Because I I feel like, and and more is more. It's not so much the offense as it is the fourth down stuff. I and I feel like. Him making bad in-game calls is really, really bothersome uh, simply because I don't know if that's going to change or not. I hope it will. I hope he'll learn and, you know, maybe eventually the Titans will bring in an analytics staff, which is a conversation for another day. We're free. Yeah, I mean, I am free to head up the analytics (laughs) staff. I know some people in analytics, so... Let's, yeah, the uh, first let's thing go. the first thing you would show is two plus two equals Marcus Sex suspension. <laughs> is that yeah, how that, analytics work? Yeah, that's exactly how analytics work. Uh, just ask my Twitter uh, followers. Um, but no, it, I think I think there's problems. But I keep going back to the idea that Ryan Day was his first choice offensive coordinator. He I keep coming back to that. He like, didn't get it. That's what we need. And in Matt LaFleur was probably a John Robinson suggestion. And and I don't know that Matt LaFleur is necessarily a bad coach or he was a, a bad pick. We might find out that, hey, this offense works. It's just not being operated very well by, you know, the quarterback or by the offensive line or that we need a better offensive line coach or whatever. But I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time blaming the failures of the offense completely on Vrabel. You know, I, I feel like if you removed Arthur Smith, say say this continues to not be very good offensively. Say Tannehill comes in, maybe they get a little bit better just from continu- continuity on the offensive line, Nate Davis starting to play better, that kind of thing. But it's still not a very good offense. I'd be fine leaving Vrabel in place. I, I think Vrabel's pretty safe right now. I know a lot I mean, of people think he's on the hot seat. You can't get rid of Vrabel. You can't, you, you have to, if you're getting rid, here's the thing. Vrabel and Jay Rob are staying. Yeah, I think so. But if you fire one, I feel like you have to fire the other. Yeah. I, I, I think they're I, pretty tied together. Yeah, they're tied together. But I think the confidence level of them staying, not my confidence in them, but my confidence yeah. level of them staying is is probably at 98%. Yeah. I, I think, I think everybody say. else is like, they could go. Yeah. I think, I think if things keep going this way, you see Vrabel stay and then Arthur Smith and probably the entire offensive staff gutted and bring in a new coordinator, new, you know, receivers coach, 
line coach everybody yeah um and i think that'd be fine but i don't know i I think people need to chill on the Vrabel hate right now a little bit you could be disappointed yeah but don't don't think he's going anywhere unless barring some catastrophic thing that happens the rest of the season it would have to be like three and 13 and like the locker room starting to turn on yeah i feel like um okay so positiveness Let's talk about some positive things you can get from the San- from the L.A. game by going to the game. We're going to encourage you to go yeah. to the game. So I, I'm going to be there, yeah. for one. Yeah. That's, a, that's a reason. I'm working on it. My schedule yeah. Yeah. may not allow, but. but it's So it's a 3 o'clock kickoff. I yeah. love 3 o'clock Positive. Kickoffs. Yeah, it's great weather. Yeah. It's calling for like high of 70-something, low 70s, and sunny. Means a lot like, good. Time to tailgate. The tailgate weather is probably going to be like in that like 50s and 60s range, which is like just prime weather to just be outside and like a half zip pullover and drinking some beer and like grilling some meat and just having a good time. So there is great. There's no excuse to not go from a weather and and just general ambiance standpoint. It's going to be one of the best games of the year from that standpoint on the field. You get Ryan Tannehill's debut. Don't know if it'll be good or not. If you're a big Marcus guy, maybe you'll hate to see somebody else behind center. But who knows? He might be good. He's he's thrown for 4,000 yards in a season before. He's had some good seasons. So maybe maybe Tannehill's good. If nothing else, we'll get to see that curiosity play out. Big Jeff Simmons. Yep. Now, now listen, you got to either call him Big Jeff. Or just Simmons. You big can't Jeff. call him, not Big Jeff Simmons. All right, all right, Big Jeff. Unless you're just going to call him BJ's. Big Jeff. <laughs> yeah, Big Jeff may be out there. Yeah. We've got some sexy-ass uniforms going on this time. Oh, I, yeah. I'm excited to see these. They're finally not wearing a white jersey. They're going to wear the light blues with the navy blue bottoms, which is the first time they've ever done that with these uh, these new Even uniforms. last year? Yeah, they didn't wear them at all last year in that combination. Whoa. Yeah. Wow, they're really pulling out all the stops. Yeah, I mean they're they're trying to get you there. They're new new there. quarterback, new you. Yeah, that's true, what they say. New quarterback, new uniforms, and a new big Jeff. Yeah, wow. I mean, I, it's kind of exciting. It is I'm, exciting. I, I'm excited. I'm legitimately excited to watch this game because I mean, honestly, I, I will say this: there are two things I forgot to mention. Uh, that little cowboy kid is doing the national uh, yeah. anthem. What's his name? Mason Ramsey. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, that's that's that's. I mean, probably it probably will not be for me. I don't know who yeah. this Mason Ramsey kid or why he got famous. <laughs> He's goofy as hell. I don't. I don't know. Uh, he doomed us, so we're probably gonna lose. Yeah, maybe because of his tweet, the getting rowdy or rough and rowdy out of here or whatever. Yeah, something something about giddy up out of yeah. here, Chargers. Yeah. Uh, the Vanderbilt. I think it's funny. <laughs> that the Vanderbilt baseball team is the 12th man, yeah. and it's literally probably going to be a Vanderbilt-like atmosphere. Uh, I hope not. I hope people come out. I mean, I, I will say this. Chargers fans do not travel. No, it's, it's going to be They don't even travel Titans. to their own home game. They're worse than us. Yeah. Okay, they, yeah. they are, they're literally worse fans yeah, than we are the going Steelers, to The Steelers fans for that last game against the Chargers was like 80% Steelers in their, in their stadium. It's going to be a weird watch on TV because there's going to be a lot of empty seats, I feel like. But uh, I want you possible. to go. I want yeah. you to go. I think I it's going to be fun. I think people should go. I, got, I got, uh, got that. Cam Wake could be back. This Chargers team uh, is not very good. Yeah. Um. I think that their offensive line's beaten up a lot, yeah. so we we could see a sack fest. Yeah. And on the good side this time. Yeah, on the good <laughs> side. I think you could see a positive note with Ryan Tannehill starting. Derrick Henry should see less people in the box. Yeah. 
and I think that I think we can, can see a good Henry game today. Yeah, I think you can bully this Chargers offensive line. So yeah. I think I think maybe Derrick Henry breaks a long one in this game. Yeah. So that's some positive stuff. Yeah. I have one positive for you. All right. And I'm going to ask your questions on how positive and or how good it feels. Okay. All right. How good does it feel to know that for you, not f- not for this podcast because we have an episode <laughs> tomorrow. For you. This is literally the last time that we probably ever have to talk about Marcus Mariota because he's going to be a backup quarterback. I'm I'm thrilled with that, <laughs> uh, mostly because it's become so exhausting on Twitter. I can't tweet out a single thing about Mariota without getting some shit from people, and uh, I don't. You know, I, I've made my points on Mariota, and I I think he's regressed and has not played very well this year. Um, and I think the fact that he just got benched validates a lot of that opinion. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to not have to talk about him anymore because the people that, that love him and like who you like, I, I don't care. You know, your opinions are your opinions. But the people that love Mariota are unwilling to listen to any other facts or opinions or anything. And I post three three clips of him throwing or him not throwing the ball to open receivers, and all of a sudden I'm the biggest hater on uh, on the earth. So I'm I'm relieved that I, I'm ready for I, I'm ready for something else to talk about. Let's put it all behind us. Let let it, let us embrace Tannehill, root like hell for the Titans to win some games and maybe make this season exciting down the stretch. And if we lose, oh, whatever, Joe Burrow whatever, yeah, Joe, we'll, Joe we'll, we'll get, get hype for Joe, yeah. Broadway Joe. The um, I, I'm. I'm sad of what how it went down, but I, I am very just like I'm kind of like relieved. Yeah, it's like cathartic that next week it may still be a shitty team to talk about offensively, yeah. but at least we don't have to talk about Marcus. It won't be the same discussion we've been having yeah. for for literally the entire length of this podcast. Yeah, and um, you know there because there was a guy who I retweeted the great article that Justin wrote yeah. about leadership and all that stuff, and a lot of people, of course, they don't read it. Yeah, yeah um, people comment on the headline. And this one guy said, I guess I'm going to have to stop listening to F-Words pods because of all this Marcus slander. <laughs> and I was like, well, we didn't even slander Marcus today. No. But guess what? Tune in next week because <laughs> guess what? We're not going to be slandering Marcus because he's a backup and we don't have to. Yeah. yeah. We, we don't, don't have to have any more conversations. Yeah, we don't have to talk about n- the backup. Yeah. Oh, it'll, it, it'll be, I mean, it's honestly, it'll be nice to, to move on. I'm, I'm ready I'm honestly ready for the draft next year. I th- I'm excited about this quarterbacks class. If you want to, uh, if you want to get in on uh, some pre uh, scouting for next uh, next April, go watch uh, Washington Oregon this week. Herbert yeah. versus Eason. This will be uh, it'll be a really good one on at uh, two thirty on Saturday. So that's that's. It's just gonna be nice to talk about s- different stuff now. Yeah. Now we can talk about Tannehill not being a franchise quarterback, <laughs> right. and Marcus not being a franchise. Yeah, we, we can talk about how Tannehill takes too yeah. many sacks and uh, doesn't throw the ball when he needs to. Well, that was a really long podcast. It was. We're probably gonna get yelled at by uh, the other two guys for you. You made it too long. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. That's what they get for not being here. Letting I'm sure me. And, I, 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 listen, I, bet, <laughs> I bet me and Lebowski will 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 breeze through it because we talk so fast. Yeah, we'll breeze through it in like 20 minutes. But yeah. it'll be like three hours of content in 20 minutes. Well, hey, there's a lot of feelings to get out. It's yeah. a big week for for the Titans. I know, oh, I'm not sure Lebowski's gonna have a lot of feelings. Uh, I, I can already tell he does. Yeah. He's fired up. Yeah, he's, 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 he's pissed very fired off for up. greatness. The uh, that's it. I think so. I, I mean. mean Let's let's see what happens with this Tannehill thing.
Yeah, I th- I think we should just give it a fair shot. Listen, we gave Marcus four years. Yeah, four years, four and six four and a half years. I think we can give like a couple of months to Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, let's let's see. Well, for Mike Miracles at Mike Miracles, for me, yeah, you. I am at ZachWords85, which I you know was tweeting for a while, and then I quit tweeting from it so I don't know why you'd follow me but maybe I'll get back <laughs> on there to personal stuff you you and internet key yeah I got way more tweets than internet <laughs> key okay let me throw that out there right now uh, we are football and other efforts at efforts pod on twitter um, am I missing anything no I don't no. think so I mean I had someone subscribe to the newsletter and I'm, I feel so bad for them but I'm glad you came and visited the website that yeah. hasn't been updated at all uh, just listen to our podcast that's all we care Yeah, just just listen, tell your friends about it, and uh, we'll have some fun together. All right. You've just been it.